Dale's Petcast. They provide unconditional love, unlimited companionship, and unquestionable support. We're talking about your pets. Useful information for you to better care for and understand your pet. This is Steve Dale's Petcast, brought to you by MerrickPetCare.com. It is another Petcast. WGN Radio, Merrick Pet Care. Thank you very much. Merrick Pet Care is the sponsor and so proud to sponsor, I'm sure, this specific Petcast because we have an announcement. It's the official announcement sounder. November 8th is now the first International Human Animal Bond Day. To help explain what that means, Dr. Mark Johnson is the chairman of the trustees of our special friends in the UK and vice president of the World Small Animal Veterinary Foundation, Dr. Patrick Flynn, president-elect of the Human Animal Bond Association and Professional Services Veterinarian at Zoetis. So, I'm cheering, I'm, I'm saying hooray for International Human Animal Bond Day, Dr. Flynn. What is that? Uh, well, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, and it's actually quite brand new. Uh, this is the very first time we've done this. Uh, no one else has, has uh, been able to pull this off. So we have a recommendation and a celebration of the connection we have with all living things, including our pets, all the way through to all sorts of different creatures like bees and bats and all sorts of things. But it was needed. It's not something that, that has existed before, and we now have that specific celebration of of all of our connection with each other. Dr. Johnson, I think this is worth celebrating because, in fact, the human-animal bond has been around for many thousands, I would argue 40,000 years, when these wolves or wolf dogs, wolves began to become dogs, actually slept. We know this from archaeological evidence. Slept with humans. I mean, the word in the United States, people say this, I don't know if they do in the UK, that dogs have gone from the backyard, into our homes, into our bedrooms, all of which is true. But actually, I don't know what sleeping arrangements were like 40,000 years ago, and I suppose there was some utilitarian purpose, because I don't think there were space heaters back in the day. However, those relatives, if you will, those ancient relatives going back 40,000 years with Cro-Magnon men, Dogs, dog wolves, that combination, we don't even know exactly. They were in the process of becoming dogs. They trusted us with their puppies, newborns, and we trusted them with our babies. I mean, that's really quite incredible. So that's an example of the human-animal bond, I think, going back 40,000 years. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The, and, and we as human beings could not have done and, uh, and, and found food to eat and uh, looked after our cattle and protected them from uh, predators and uh, all sorts of other elements in the ways that we have over those thousands of years without the help and support of animals like dogs and, uh, and horses and uh, other domesticated animals. So they have been absolutely instrumental in our lives all the way through um, the history of mankind um, from those caves to the current day. And now in, in, a, in a very nice um, uh, holistic uh, way, I think people are recognizing that uh, animals, particularly pets and other domestic animals that um, 
are a core part of our family units that we live in. So whether your family unit has um, a dog or uh, a, a cat in it, whether you have um, a relationship with the wild birds outside your window um, uh, and, and you feed them regularly, those matter to us and particularly so uh, now thanks to the coronavirus um, uh, that's been imposed on us all. Um, the 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 uh, the way we handle loneliness um, when we were forced to be in isolation, um, the way we talk to animals, um, particularly our, our, our pets, um, when we may not have friends uh, at our sides, um, and the unconditional love and the relationship we have with those animals who keep our confidences, by the way, unless uh, other uh, people speak dog, um, <laughs> then, uh, then it's, it, it's they're a confidential key part of our family units um and never more so than now has that been um but for different reasons when the the relationship first started it was about food um but now it's about emotion and um and that's that's a real evolutionary change and we wanted to come together um and i say we the society for companion animal studies um, in the UK, um, it does a lot of work with companion animal, um, the human animal bond and use of the, of the human animal bond in our lives, as well as uh, the Human Animal Bond Association, which Patrick is uh, very much representing. We felt that we should come together on an international basis to um, celebrate and um, make sure that people recognize the value of animals almost all of the celebrities and politicians all seem to adore being photographed um, and uh, be seen filmed um, with video um, of, of their contributions to their lives involving animals. And we're simply putting that formally on the agenda as an international Human Animal Bond Day. That's wonderful. Uh, let me back up a step. You're the chairman of the trustees for our special friends. What yeah. is our special friends? Right. So our special friends were set up by my wife, who's also a veterinarian um, and is a, uh, a charity in the UK that um, makes the most of the, um, the relationship between humans and uh, animals and provides companion animal uh, companionship services for vulnerable people. So it's a charity that supports people who are fleeing domestic abuse and uh, are not able to go to their uh, next um, safe house without an animal. So we'll, we will foster um, those animals to reunite them later, or we will um, provide um, visiting animals to somebody who has dementia and is not um, fully able to look after those animals to best effect, or um, somebody who um, is has lost their pet and is extremely lonely. Um, we will arrange visiting animals or um, go on um, accompanied um, visits with uh, animals, uh, ideally of their preference. So if they were interested in dogs, then that's helpful. Um, but if it's uh, cats, then um, we try and adjust it um, to suit the needs. But a, an awful lot of what our special friends is about is social care and support of vulnerable and socially isolated people 
who are having a really tough time, particularly during the Corona coaster. Um, and they, they have animals in their lives um, with existing relationships, or maybe they've just lost an animal and want to um, have a more worthwhile life subsequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, one of the key things that people may or may not be aware of is that if you have a companion animal in your life, you actually are saving, in the UK anyway, uh, 2.45 billion pounds, that's the British um, uh, equivalent of your lovely dollars, um, in services from um, the first line practitioners, what we call general practitioners, um, in taking medications on time, on taking exercise um, with our animals, um, caring for another uh, member of one's family, an extra heartbeat in the house um, means that we get up off our um, uh, off our seats off out of our beds and and contribute more to life and and our special friends is trying to unlock the um, the value that people have with those animals um, it also enables the magic um, of an animal visiting a um a person who may be for instance um a, a classic example is a deaf um lady who turned out to be deaf we didn't know that at the time um uh, the family of this um elderly lady um was not responding well to carers and the family asked uh, my wife to go in with one of our dogs just to talk to her because she loved animals mm-hmm. and um, when my wife turned up at the door the carer said i don't know why you're bothering to come here um and uh, belinda said well I, you know i've been asked to by the family she walked into the house and our little uh, long-haired jack russell terrier jumped up onto the lady's lap and she immediately um came alive very a- animatedly said dog 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 and big smiles and happiness and um my wife sat down with her and said you you know how are you and and she just said well no one talks to me and these carers just come past me and they ignore me and life's miserable and i'm hating it and bin said well why why is that happening and she said i don't know they just don't talk to me and bin said can you hear them and she said no no, it's all quiet no one says anything and through rollo the terrier jumping on this woman's lap it became clear the woman was deaf and needed hearing tests she got hearing aids and she was then able to contribute more to life enjoy life and be less of a burden to the carers um a whole environment just changed dramatically well right because a dog jumped onto a lady's lap right was you know Mm -hmm. pets can animals can can do that uh so backing up dr flynn what is the human animal bond association and i i know that everything dr johnson is saying not only resonates with you but really explains why the human animal bond association is working with uh, our special friends in the uk so true. Yeah, I could certainly back up everything you said. I can't. I can't present it like James Harriet. Um, I, I, <laughs> I love it when Mark tells a story. <laughs> um, but yeah, certainly we we and I love that we've got that connection with veterinary social work and, and exactly what you just heard, uh, what they're able to do because that's um, that's a 
a piece of the puzzle that, um, at least in veterinary school, we didn't really learn at that time. And, and it's still such an important part. And it's actually a really big part, whether you're doing specifically what Mark's talking about, or whether you're just helping someone in the exam room through a euthanasia or maybe a new puppy or whatever it is, that's, that still counts as some form of empathy. And and the Human Animal Bond Association is, is another branch of that in that we, we look at a, a broad um, view on that. And we like to say we, we advocate um celebrate and educate on the human animal bond consistently on, on really more and more topics. Um, if you're interested in this really deeply, believe it or not, there actually is now a study. I have a master's degree in anthrozoology. It's the study of human animal interaction at all levels from, you know, art to welfare, to law, to veterinary medicine, everything that we do. And so I think we have kind of embraced that uh, and, and and really take education very seriously, but yet we still um, focus as a celebration on, on awards to like veterinary technicians and those guys. But man, mainly we're a, a group of like-minded animal care people. It's not just veterinarians, not veterinary technicians alone, but everyone who cares for animals either officially as their job or just because they do. Um, and, and I think that's been a wonderful way to base an organization and then to be able to talk about things in some of the bigger meetings that we go to, talk about everything from bees to bats to the tougher portions of the bond that we always don't shine light on. And that's neglect and abuse. And, and how do we deal with those kind of angles of, of that? That is indeed the bond. So it's gloriously complex <laughs> and, and we embrace that. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful group to be with because again, of the diversity of not only human animals in the group, but non-human animals and, and content is, is never ending. So November 8th is International Human Animal Bond Day. And I'm going to name, and I know, Dr. Flynn, you can do this. I am going to name three species that I bet you and only you can connect. Okay. But not species. Well, I guess, broadly speaking, lots of species of bats. But I'll say bats, domestic, you know, our dogs, and sheep, domestic sheep. How can you put it all together these three very different types of animals? That's a really good question. I wasn't ready for sheep. (laughs) Fooled Um, you. (laughs) uh, Well, I mean, I think they all contribute. Obviously, that's that's the the goal. I don't know if I can connect them directly to each other. Not to each other, but to us. Do we all have... Mark says he can. I'll throw in in my rock and then Mark can go. So, I mean, to me, I think contributions are huge from all those creatures. And they have been for... For uh, particularly from bats, bats win the the the, the prize there because they've been doing what they do even before we existed. But they help us with enormous amounts of pollination and and other things as far as parasite control. Dogs, again, even now we're learning from their genetic profile have a connection to us and have for a long period of time, long before horses and cats and everybody else. And and sheep have been a wonderful source of all sorts of different uh, contributions, um, and still are. So those are my thoughts on that. Um, Dr. Think, Dr. Johnson? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, it, I might be a sheep farmer um, uh, in, uh, or a hobby farmer who keeps the occasional um, sheep in my backyard. Um, I, to control the sheep, would probably have um, dogs. Um, and this could be in Canada. This could be in the UK. This could be in Africa. Um, so this is not a Western world 
developed world thing. This is all over the planet. Um, and uh, so they would be an intimate thing, but they would um, suffer quite a lot of uh, attacks from things like flies and other insects that might be a problem for them. And as well as the bats that are, are going to be pollinating and, uh, and, and helping with the, the vegetation and the horticulture side of things, bats that are feeding off insects and things within the farm um, environment or the domestic uh, you know the, where the sheep are kept um, are, play just as much of an important part. So there, there, there it is. Um, and if you speak to a hobby farmer, they'll be very happy to um, to have relation uh, a, a really good relationship with their sheep um, and uh, an economic one in commercial terms. Um, in, uh, in if you're a sheep farmer and and the dogs um, are you know not just working animals her- helping with herding um, and keeping the animals under control um, and, and keeping them in a place they'll protect them from predators um, particularly again if we think of uh, wilder countries like Africa where there are um, predators who would gladly help themselves to a um, uh, to, to a sheep um, so yeah there's there's a really you know, major contribution that um, these animals make. And it's it's mutual. Um, it's symbiotic. And, um, you know, we benefit from the dogs. They benefit from the relationship with us. Um, you know, sheep, it's a bit more um, of a nutritional benefit to us for obvious reasons. Um, but also don't forget, and this is really important, people constantly go on and on and on about cattle. We need to get rid of cattle and we shouldn't be eating meat. The, one of the biggest reasons that cattle are such an important uh, asset in African families' lives is not the meat, it's not the milk, because that goes off in hot countries, it's not le- the leather. Um, it is, surprise, surprise, whatever ca- cows do, um, and the old I won't crack the old joke, well, actually, I will, what do cows drink? What? And the answer is not milk, it's water. Yes. But what do they do at the other end? Um, is produce manure and that manure is used to fertilize the soils in developing countries particularly where there's a lot of sunlight and warmth and water those set soils around the equator in african countries are infertile unless you add manure to them and in which case they grow horticultural um you know plants that we eat vegetables um, which then gets sold in farms or on the side of the road. And that is why an old cow is just as valuable as a young calf, because they are manure factories. And that means that they can fertilize the soil, grow vegetables. So please, we, we do all need to recognize that the world is not as simple. Cows are bad. Um, sheep are bad. No, they may be ruminants, but actually they are fertilizing the soil to grow vegetables in very large numbers in soil that would otherwise not be able to support the the populations. And if you take a country like Nigeria, which is destined to have more people than the whole of the USA in a, a small number of years, how are those people going to be fed by local um, nutrition, food and water, um, it, unless we have uh, their um, growth of, of um, plants and vegetables appropriately, then we're going to have um, a lack of, um, uh, of food for that, for that growing population. And, and that's a conservative um, view by the World Health Organization um, and why the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have worked with uh, Zoetis, 
um, uh, in a project called Alpha in um, sub-Saharan African countries to support sustainable agriculture. So animals have a still have a really important nutritional value to us. They help vegetables grow. So the vegetarians should um, uh, and, and those with vegetarian diets um, and vegan diets are, um, are, are held um, with, with respect. And also they form an emotional support mechanisms for us as human beings too. So it really is multifactorial and we need to not just pick on ruminants and say all ruminants are bad. They're not. All right. So Dr. Flynn, Clearly, I believe you'd agree with me that Dr. Johnson could be a part of, with that answer, about what I'm about to ask you about, and that is something you're launching called the Academy. Can you explain what that is? I can. So the the inner the uh, Human Animal and Academy is something that we're offering, in, again, in a joint effort here, uh, and will be a, a on-demand uh, source of uh, education on, again, as I mentioned, the, the complexity of the bond that we have with other creatures. And we have a, already a great setup, a library of, of, of really top-notch speakers on, again, all sorts of topics from why, what about dogs? What, what, what really is, makes them so cool? I mean, really from a scientific point of view, what makes them cool? Um, what about courtho- courthouse dogs? Does anybody know anything about um, facility dogs and, and how they do and what they do? Uh, again, back to, to what Mark does to help uh, children and, and really resident, hesitant people in, in court situations. Um, again, an expert on um, uh, talking about homeless populations and and their pet ownership, I learned an enormous amount from that. So we're uh, it's something that'll be beneficial certainly to again to the veterinary crowd, but doesn't have to be veterinary specific at all. Um, and something that's offered at a level not not meaning that a low level for the public, but something that everyone can digest and enjoy. And it will be a, um, a growing tree of education. So um, if you're able to come on and go through the, I think we have seven modules now. Um, my hope is as the year goes on, next year goes on and beyond that, we'll be able to offer more and more levels and maybe even spoke them out in areas. Maybe you're really interested in in social work, or maybe you're really interested in this kind of uh, empathy, darker side, like how do I, you know, what, what do I do if I have, if I interact with someone who says um, that they're, they're, significant other is is hurting their pet in an effort to hurt their relationship or to keep them from leaving them or you know complex situations like that unfortunately that's still all under the umbrella of the human animal bond as is the fun stuff uh so we're gonna we have a whole thing on consent and how to uh, listening for yes and no signs from dogs and cats and some really good stuff about cat behavior uh that is just needs to be known because these poor kitties are constantly telling us and speaking to us in ways that we don't always hear so a really exciting accumulation of information uh, and that it was being launched also on the International Human Animal Bond Day. You'll hear hopefully more about that very soon, but I'm very excited. It's been a lot of effort to get everyone together to record all these things, and it will be an ongoing effort. So it will be a living, breathing kind of deal and um, should be a great source of information for, for everybody. Oh, there's a little, a little creature. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, My dog agrees with you. And the part about consent that you just mentioned is fascinating. Uh, we know that dogs and cats, Dr. Flynn, are always asking, cats too, are always communicating with us, often asking us questions. But we often don't do the reverse. We say, 
you need to do this, you must do this. But we don't ask them questions. And if we did, Dr. Flynn, would they answer? And I don't mean by the barking we just heard, but would they answer in other ways? I wonder. You know, I think all all behavior is communication. And so we need to get sharper eyes to be able to read the behavior and then hear the communication of these little ones. And I so often I see that hat or a shirt that says, hold my drink, I got to pet this dog. That's (laughs) a great example of (laughs) non-consent. Does that dog want to be pet? Maybe not. You know, rethink that kind of stuff a little bit. Just watch that dog. Do they come up to and you pet them? Do they ask for more or do they say, no, thanks. I'm going to move on with my life. You got to listen to that kind of stuff. So hang in there. It's going to be a great, uh, it's a full hour. It's a really great uh, module. I can see. I I can give you another example of that. My dog is a Cocker Spaniel. I have a hybrid car that has an electric battery and he hates getting into that car. And when we go around the corner and I choose the vehicle that we're going to go into, whether it's my wife's or mine, if it's my car, he goes and lies straight on the floor and refuses to move. If it's my wife's car, which is a, um, a, a fuel um, car, uh, he's perfectly happy to get into it. And I think he's strongly telling me, because he's done it so often, <laughs> Either my driving, but he doesn't mind getting into someone else's <laughs> But in a hybrid car, I think he's hearing noises at a high frequency that we can't hear. And mm-hmm. he's giving me the non-consent, saying, I don't want to get in that car. And he looks at me, and every time we go into it and I put him in the car, he just looks at me with that dog face that spaniels can do and says, Dad, this is horrible. I don't like being in here. So there's a classic consent thing that if you don't, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss and actually, he's telling me clearly, I don't want to be here. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I could think of for small dogs in particular all the times when I've been guilty. You know, our dog oh. is saying, I don't want to do this. And I pick up our dog because it's so easy to do. <laughs> and we do it anyway because I can do that because she's, you know, nine pounds. Same thing with a cat, you know. So we've got to see that module, Dr. Flynn. I know I do. I think it's fascinating. So how can one learn more about the organization? I'll start with our special friends, and also International Human-Animal Bond Day, Dr. Johnson. Yeah, so um, the, our, the website for our special friends in the UK is um, ourspecialfriends.org. That's the charity uh, website. Um, the Society for Companion Animal Studies, their website is scas.org.uk. And uh, where the... Um, the, mod- the, the Human Animal Bond Academy is going to be placed is going to be on um, uh, vetacademy.org and it will be very clearly marked um, for the Human Animal Bond um, Academy and the, the series of modules that are going to be on uh, on that. Great. That's vetacademy.org. For the Human Animal Bond Association, Dr. Flynn? An easy one, humananimalbond.net. It is a brand new squeaky clean website that's just gorgeous. So go there and explore. Well, congratulations. I am looking forward to November 8th, International Human Animal Bond Day. Yay! Doc- Yay! Dr. Johnson, Dr. Flynn, thank you both. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And this petcast, this petcast, making this very special announcement on WGN Radio, brought to you by Merrick Pet Care. Without Merrick Pet Care, we wouldn't have had this very special announcement. Thank you to our friends at Merrick. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to Steve Dale's PetCast, brought to you by MerrickPetCare.com. And as Steve always says, be good to your pet, and they'll be good to you.